and welcome back to Adulting Anonymous. My name is Kudzai, your host, and I am so glad you could tune in. We at Adulting Anonymous are celebrating Women's Month by profiling different women we admire who are doing the damn thing and who are just making big moves in their respective industries. So today on our pod, we have the honor to have Dr. I say Dr. I did not stutter. I have Dr. Musa Donia Sarumbe, who is a young academic who became a doctor of philosophy in industrial psychology in 2017 at the age of 23. And when she qualified as a doctor, she was the youngest doctor PhD-wise in the country. Wasn't it in Africa? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm just I'm just having like okay, I'm going through slowly so people like listen. She was the youngest PhD holder, and she's currently a senior lecturer at University of Free State in Bloemfontein. She specializes courses in human resource management and industrial psychology, and she also supervises postgraduate research. When she's not doing awesome things in the academic world, she travels around the world to present research papers. She is a keynote speaker for the Women's League, the ANC Women's League. She helps out. She's got different organizations that she works with just to empower women and to, you know, form to strategize and formulate policies that basically empower women and to summarize her, we can call her a leader, an inspiring leader, and I admire her so much. So welcome to Adulting Anonymous. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was such a long bio, guys. I had to summarize it, but listen, yeah, there is the no amount of... <laughs> <laughs> That's a short version. I miss. I literally left out so much, but um, you get to hear it as we speak to her. How are you doing, Doc? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Ah, oh, you are most welcome. How how how's it been? Um, the last time we spoke, we weren't exactly under lockdown and everything. How's it been going on your side in terms of? the new normal and everything. How's everything? Yeah, it's been a very interesting adjustment, obviously. Um, but, you know, as human beings, I believe we are meant to adapt. That's that's how some concepts like evolution came into play, you know. Um, although <laughs> the type of evolution right now I think we're going through is just adapting to a, a, a new type of situation like you like you, you rightfully put it the new normal and obviously when when lockdown started and it was initially dubbed a 21 day uh, period <laughs> a lot of us were mm. foolishly we all thought naive. it was coming to an end in 21 days <laughs> well, like seriously no, you know, and the thing is I, I i would like to believe that um a lot of us did you know, kind of like anticipate that it would prolong beyond the 21 days. Because the 21 days, yeah. In the first place, if we look at where the virus originated from, that's China. They mm-hmm. they didn't have a 21 day lockdown. They, like, 21 days. What is 21 days, fam? You know? 
I mean, right now, I know a lot of people, you know, those, uh, a lot of our friends who are there in China teaching, they still mm. say that they're working from home. And this is how many months in because they, their crisis. They've had it the longest. Yeah. Last year. And this is, we're almost in the eighth month of the year and they're, a lot of their institutions are still working from home. So who were we to think that? To think 21 days. Mate, I remember, I remember when it started, everyone was so excited. I mean, it was exciting to work from home. Um, And people just thought, ah, there's an end date to this thing. After 21 days, we'll go back to work. And now people are so tired that they're just like, you know what? Whatever. Are you tired of the lockdown? No, honestly, I, 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 it's it's a 50-50 uh, for me. Um, I, I think this whole work from home thing has always been so appealing for a lot of mm-hmm. us who've never actually had the experience, you know, off working from home. And then when you actually, you know, have the opportunity to work from home, then you realize it's such a scam because you end up <laughs> you like, work longer hours you work longer hours your your computer is right by your bedside all the time first thing you, you do when you wake up is you're checking emails making sure you haven't missed anything you know important and then like you literally stay on steer on standby and there's nothing you like literally at work 24 7 no i promise you so it, it really <laughs> is a scam um the only nice part though is that um, when there's like online meetings and so forth, um, especially because, you know, our internet connections sometimes really let us mm. down when, when we're on these platforms like Microsoft Teams and Zoom and Skype and mm. all of that. And then you have to like turn your videos off. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about like maybe dressing up halfway, you know, the top yep. half. And then yep. Getting it yep. I would, sometimes I actually only shower when yeah. when I'm like done with work. I'm like, oh, it's lunch. Maybe exactly. I should take a shower. Absolutely. And they're not even going to know. So so that's the beautiful <laughs> part. And also just like um, being able to get work. If, if let's say you've got to start work at eight, you can mm. be, you can virtually be at work at eight, even if you woke up at five minutes to <laughs> that's nice. true, true, no true, traffic. true. Yes, like no traffic, no dressing up, wasting yeah. time, all that jazz. Right. Yeah, it does has it does have its pros and cons. Um, I hope I hope it becomes. I think I'm also like with you on the fifty fifty yeah. because I genuinely. Yeah, I feel better when I'm not facing work people. Yeah. <laughs> if I can I mean, get my job done, exactly. Like, talking like, to you. exactly. You know, like it would be nice to have like three days work from the office and then two work from home. Two work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually, I I'm actually being more um, ambitious and hoping that we actually start like we we lean towards like a four day working yeah. week like okay. finland and then it's like yeah. two two ah, yeah. Yeah. i'm overworked but anyway <laughs> so please introduce us to who dr musa is where did you grow up where did you go to school let us in on who you are Okay, like, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting <laughs> when you like get a question, a specific question a lot, but you still always struggle with how to, to answer, answer it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I, I basically grew up in Botswana, in Khabarun. Uh-huh. Um, that's where mm-hmm. I did all my primary schooling and my high schooling. And uh, yeah, like it was 
It was an interesting time, obviously, because um, I believe my primary school and high school education really contributed towards my, let's say, academic, um, my expedited academic progression. That mm -hmm. Because in, in primary school, I, I skipped a grade, so that's grade three. And then in high school, I also skipped grade 10. So a lot of people ask, you know, like when they try and do their math and... How did you become a doctor at 23? Yeah. Oh, huh. <laughs> like I'm smart, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> and then other, I had another person come to me, the only way that would be possible is if you were literally born in a classroom. So, you know, <gasps> yeah, like, you have to be born in a classroom. In a classroom. Because all these other years, you know, they, they're not accounted for. But um, like I've just mentioned that one, mm. one of the reasons was because I cut two grades um, in primary school and high school. And then, of course, also um, entering the tertiary education system at 16, um, I was also able at postgraduate level to expedite um, my studies as well. It was mostly due to financial constraints. However, you, mm -hmm. know, you know, when you're doing something for one reason and then you just and end up striking gold along the way, you know? Yep. That's, that's what God does. God yeah. just, you think it's a mistake or you think it's, ah, uh, but then yeah. it's actually working to your... For your favor. Um, so you grew up in Botswana. So I asked this question because you know how when someone achieves something, there's like a war as to who, which country claims an individual, like who does she belong to? So I, I noticed on the internet, your situation was a bit tricky. I mean, um, recently, you know, Shasha, the I'm a piano singer, she recently won the BET award mm -hmm. and she is, she, she literally registered herself as Shasha from Zimbabwe. Yeah. And she is, um, she, she, however, her career obviously bloomed in South Africa. The genre that she specializes in is majorly and is from South Africa. So when she won it, it was, ah, oh, no, 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 no. It's she's de she's definitely representing Zim. And then they're like, no, she's South she's South African. Now you guys want to claim her, but when it came to voting, you were not. Blah blah blah. Then I remembered. There's a situation, like, I got, like, deja vu because I remember in 2017 when you qualified as a doctor and it was written, Zimbabwean-born, Botswana, yeah, what? Yeah, Botswana-raised, yeah. South African, yeah. <laughs> South African tertiary. And people were like, ah, so, no, she's definitely South African. And they're like, Botswana's like, no, she's from Botswana. And then the Zimbabweans are like, but then if someone is born in Zimbabwe and she speaks, blah, blah, blah. So let's hear it from you, yourself, and you. Let's clear <laughs> speculations, wars. Which country do you rip? <laughs> Say it with your chest. <laughs> I think I've actually just accepted, like, um, not to kind of box myself into being owned by anyone, honestly. Because yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think that's also what just makes who I am, you know, like I'm really mm. proudly like none of these countries, I would say, um, are less significant in terms of the contribution um, 
in making me or, you know, allowing me to become, let's say, who I have become right now. Mm. And mm. I don't want to give more to any other and, you know, take mm. more from that is other, you know. So I just describe myself as very African, you know. <laughs> A global African citizen. <laughs> very African. <laughs> no, that's, if, you that's... Can, if you can strongly identify with three countries, three African countries, that's like... That for me, like, I think I, I on Africa Day celebrate more than anyone else because I, I'm almost like quintessential of what it means to be African. <laughs> mm. No, that's that's true, because um, like you're saying, you can't you can't um, lean towards the one country because for in each and every season of your journey in becoming who you are right now, each country and the environment and whatever it had to offer was right at that moment, you know, like we know the different challenges that the different countries face. Mm. So if you were in Zim during a certain time, it might not have worked out the way it did as opposed to you being in South Africa and vice versa or in Botswana and so on. So that's a safe answer, very African (laughs) doctor. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So a PhD, how does that feel? A woman with a PhD Walk us through that. How 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 do you feel? Do you, um, do you feel like you've attained success? Have you are you done? How how? Because you walked us through how you got it at such a young age, but mm-hmm. um, the process itself, like just walk us through that. What did it involve? What did it cost you? You know, what were the highlights? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, for me, um, I think one of the greatest lessons that I learned through the entire process that culminated in me like achieving or accomplishing this specific accolade was that you can plan, but ultimately, you know, God decides what He wants <laughs> yeah, yeah. in your life because. Um, specifically, you know, looking back on my life, and this is also why I tend to, in most, let's say, interview settings, you know, there's always that question that comes at, especially towards the end. So what's next for Dr. Musa? Like, what's going to happen in five, 10 years? And I always Mm. give basically the same response. And I say, 10, five, five, 10 years ago, if you had asked me that I would have studied all the way up to doctoral level, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah, yeah. You know, you make your own plans. And a lot of the time, um, we're so so set in our plans that we don't perceive the opportunity that's in the failure of the plans that we have set for ourselves. Where we have made. Mm, That is powerful. And Say that again. Say that again. I have this thing where I like I forget what I said, and then sometimes people are like, "Oh, a coach by Dr. Musa." I'm like, you know, I can not say that. Yeah. So I actually literally forgot what I just said. <laughs> No, okay, anyway, but then to paraphrase you, you're basically saying you can never hmm. um, plan ahead. So the, actually, there's a quote I heard 
yesterday that actually just summarizes what she said yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like watching some movie and then in this movie she was writing an essay. What do you like where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. And she's like, perhaps the earth was made round so that we would not see too far down the road. Mm-hmm. And you are basically saying that's actually for a good reason because you may miss the opportunities that are currently in your, you know, when you don't meet or when you don't achieve the the goals that you have set for yourself there are opportunities in the i put this in inverted commas in the failures or the plans that don't succeed so that's what you need to be present in and that's basically where you how you came about with regards to your degree yeah absolutely that's that's absolutely correct and um for me it was, I was just like, you know, like every other young person after acquiring, you know, a bachelor's degree, perhaps the only postgraduate qualification you will really personally have a drive to pursue is your honors degree, right? Because you're like, listen, too many people have a bachelor's degree, so let me go for the honors as well. And then once you get the honors, honestly, you're just thinking, listen, I need to start. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta work. I gotta yeah, work. Gotta like, work. who's gonna be paying the fees beyond now? And you know, yeah. I need to start to see a, a a certain progress taking place in my life as well. So I was just mm. like most young people. Um, after my honors degree, I really did, you know, want to enter the world of work. But one, um, my age was an encumbrance because. I, I thought of myself as, you know, especially being in my specific field, human resource management and industrial psychology, then I have to go manage a division where obviously I'm responsible for, you know, even like the, let's say, training, development and employee relations mm. of people who are much, you know, my senior in terms of years. Mm. And at that time, I was like 19 years old. So I'm like, no, let me just continue you know, with school, but also I, I had, you know, made an effort to apply for, for jobs, but I, I, I also asked myself, um, am I going to go home and sit while waiting for a job to, to come up? Yeah. Yeah. I continue with, with school and given the opportunity. And then many may say, you know, perhaps you were afforded the opportunity or, you had options to say you could still continue in school. But honestly, a lot of people don't know that when I started, when I enrolled for my master's degree, my parents had literally told me that this is as far as we can take you honors mm. beyond will you'll have to see for yourself. And mm. at that age, you know, I started to, you know, find things to do. Um, I actually worked at the financial aid office at the university where I was studying for some time, you know, trying to raise money, you know, for, for math, for my master's. And I was actually fortunately at the time able to register without having, um, you know, paid the, the required fees because they obviously looked at my results and that mm. motivated my case. And I just said, no, I'll come up with the money um, during the course of the year. And I honestly had no idea how that was going to happen, but it was better yeah. than you know and yeah you know our African parents will be like "Ooh, yeah you're here sitting at home and 
and you have a degree. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so then it's why aren't you out there looking for a job? You're lazy. It's absolutely, but you're you're making an effort. So I decided not to make a a, a passive effort. I decided I would make the effort of job hunting while at least advancing my qualifications because mm. I, I honestly believe um, that we're past the era of the supposedly um, you'll be overqualified um, scam, you know? Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I got that a lot, especially from people of um, who are not of our generation because yes. that, that phenomenon actually really existed before where if you study too much before entering the world of work, you're, you're obviously going to be too qualified. But these days, it's, it's much different to how things were previously. Mm. So I, I decided, you know what, um, I'll see when we get there, even if it means not disclosing that I have these other qualifications <laughs> at some point. But I was adamant that I was not going to go sit at home and so sit that at home I, exactly you know the, the the main aim was not to be at home and be a burden so um i ended up you know pursuing my masters and then i was sure no now with a masters it should be much easier to get a job and still <laughs> it, it was it was hard it was hard and what change did you observe was it because you were young or was it because the job market was generally bad or what um, do you think contributed to that outcome in the job space looking back now i can say it was literally only because that was the designed path for me because mm. if i consider you know, the one thing that actually used to set me off a little, you know, in as much as you always um, want to support your peers and your classmates and those who you've come up with, and it's nice to see them, you know, um, getting that first job and so forth. But sometimes there's that little inner voice that's like, but I did much better than this person in class and they exactly. got the job. I did it. Yep. I've been yep. Like we've applied to the same jobs actually, and they took them. Mm-hmm. My transcript is better than theirs. My CV is better than theirs. How come they got it and I didn't? And then you yeah. realize that sometimes it's just that it's not your path. So celebrate yeah. that person because it's it's their moment. It's their time. You don't know what you're lined up for, and sometimes we we. Mm-hmm. Spend time looking at other people's grass that you you you're deprived of you know the the process of watching your own grow you know and and (laughs) it's actually really um interesting how ultimately the very people that I was like oh my goodness like this classmate of mine is so fortunate they got a job and they're doing Mm -hmm. well now they just got a car and everything and then mm. later on, you know, they reached a stage where they were like, they wished they had carried on with their studies because they really and got to the end. Yeah. The path that I took. So I think it's, that's why it's even so important for us as young people to avoid the trap of comparison. Preach. Mm, you know, mm, mm, <laughs> 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 our own path. And, as yeah. long 
you're you're trying to create a rubric or a benchmark off of someone else, you will definitely, you know, forfeit your own unique path that that has been yeah. set for you. Yeah, and then you end up not living in purpose because you're trying to live a replica of something that you think should be yours and whilst you're not embracing your own path. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. Mm. Yeah, so I, like, uh, you are a young woman. You're young and you are in education. So what would you say the role education played in you being empowered? You spoke of financial constraints um, at some stage in your journey, and you obviously got to a point where you achieved your PhD and you finally you started working how did that empower you and what would you say the link between education and just women empowerment is um for me honestly i i believe that how it has specifically empowered me is it takes me way back to a time before, you know, everything that ended up falling into place and still, you know, continues to fall into place because you never actually really arrive, right? Um, mm, but it's mm, important mm. to celebrate also the milestones that you achieve on your way to the arrived, supposed arrival. And the arrival, mm. unfortunately, is actually death. So we're always pursuing something until we reach the arrival or the destination mm. that is death. So that means living a purposeful life at the end of the day. Mm. You can never think yeah. accomplished everything. As long as you still have breath in your nostrils, you owe it to you the one that's given it to you to continue to make something useful of your life. So mm. honestly, for me, when I when I look back, um, like I, I said before, to a time before things, you know, started to fall into place and make more sense. I consider some of the things I had to tell myself and a lot of it comes, you know, a lot of um, actually achieving the successes that you have kind of like established for yourself or set out for yourself. It comes with having to tell yourself certain things, condition yourself, create a certain mindset as well. So for me, mm. one of the things that I always had to tell myself was, you know, your time will come, your time will come. Yeah. And especially as, as a young woman, you reach a stage where um, the success, especially of, let's say, our counterparts, males who supposedly show interest and pay attention to you, <laughs> you know, it can yeah. start, to, you know, you, you start to think to yourself, okay, but why do I have to struggle so much or, uh, waste my time hustling so much. After all, you know, with our previ previous generations, our, you know, women, you know, primitive, yeah. were expected to just look forward only to marriage and then the man will supposedly take care of you and so forth. So you start to ask yourself, you're like, you start to tell yourself sometimes, you know, that, no, at least I've actually made it this far. I've acquired an education. So, I mean, I've done better than a lot of people. <laughs> In, in in our former or prior generations. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Just, and that's always the goal, right? To do better yeah. than our predecessors. Yeah. Of course. And then you're like, no, and 
um, I mean, there's no harm in me entertaining this guy with this nice car. <laughs> Literally, because I'm going to get my own. But that's exactly the thing now to say. I always had to remind myself that, no, I'm not going to be involved with someone else uh, and, and ride off of the waves of their success. I need to create my own first. You need to create your own. That's hectic. Own that's hectic. Because <laughs> because that vibe or that mentality, it, like it pushes you and it, like, it puts you on a different level. Hey, and... Um, you might find that certain male counterparts actually get intimidated by that by women with who move like that, you know, because it's a more oh, you think you're good on your own, you yeah. think you're better than me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. And we know how the male ego works. Did that? Would you? How? How did that then? Like thinking like that when you started thinking like I just need to get my own success and you know ride my own wave how did that affect your dating life or your romance situation yeah <laughs> see what i did there i just inserted that one there. Well, no it's, it's that's one of the things that even other people and again it's always you know our the our pre predecessors, like the generations before us, they were used to a certain way of life. And some of the things they say to us in our generation were truths in their time, but are not necessarily applicable to the time we live in. You know? Mm, mm. So, you know, they'll tell you things like, you're studying so much, like no one is going to, no one is gonna turn their no one's gonna yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially in the shona culture ah yeah. ah who's going to want to marry a woman who's so educated ah they won't afford your lobola your rora etc yeah. ah. understand the struggle so um i always was i constantly had to be reminded by you know especially these elder people that you're kind of like narrowing the pool of choice in terms of like potential suitors or candidates. And, you know, at some point, like I said, um, I thrived a lot on telling my, my own truths to myself. Despite mm. what anyone else would tell me, if someone else told me you'll be overqualified, I had to tell myself otherwise. If someone told me um, you, guys will be intimidated by you, you're narrowing your pool. I had to tell myself my own truth and, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with a narrow pool. It means, and whenever a pool is narrowed, it means you're literally filtering all the nonsense. Yeah. You're, the, you're refining, people. you're refining your population because you're getting rid of the scrubs, you know, the scrubs. <laughs> so you remain with, with a, a higher grade of quality at the end of the day, which is obviously a preferable circumstance. It's, there's nothing mm. wrong with having a narrow pool. And I always used to say that, like, out of the billions of people in this world, there has to be one who will not be intimidated, but will see more of a partnership, rather, in yes. what I have to offer, who will not be intimidated by my ambition, but will, will rather, you know, be supportive of it. And the one thing mm. I believe... Uh, 
as young women, especially, we need to guard against is, you know, unfortunately, the world, especially previously, would mostly attribute the way a woman, let's say, conducts herself or even her success. They will attribute it or lack of success. They would attribute mm. attributed to the men in in her life. So you in a life, yeah. Perhaps she would have gotten married too early for her to have achieved all these other things on her own. And then after yeah. marriage, right? Then she gets that degree. Then she starts a career, which is successful. And she starts to show that she indeed is a light in her own right. And then people would say, oh, it's because she got a good man. Like It's because like, she got married to this that. guy. Yeah. Before this guy, you didn't have anything, hey? Exactly. <laughs> not, yeah. Not Acknowledging that before this particular guy, it was just that you didn't have the opportunity because obviously people, uh, women got married much sooner previously. Mm. So Mm. now I I believe for myself, it's more of an an advantage having gotten the, the privilege to achieve whatever I have so far. Because now, even when people look at the type of partner, let's say in my life, they will actually now expect that if anything changes then now actually that person would be blamed to say he slowed her down and that's always exactly Exactly. She's always been a dreamer. She's always been a badass. So if something's wrong is going on, blame the guy. (laughs) Yeah. So of course, you know, when if things continue to go like accordingly as well, then it's she found a really supportive person who understood her vision and her ambition and supported that, which is one of the most wonderful things any young woman can get. Someone who will not stifle them but will encourage them, you know, to actually make them better than they than he found them before. No, that's 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 powerful. I love that. I love that. Mm, hectic. Okay. So you spoke about your success um habits i you spoke about how you could keep telling yourself you know to keep going to not compare yourself with the next person what are some of your success habits that you have on a daily basis that you still keep up to now because like you mentioned you can never get to a point where you say i've arrived because the ultimate arrival is death so what are some of your success um habits that you have as an individual Okay, so for me, the greatest um, habit that I have cultivated is self-affirmation. You know, people always caution us, you know, wise, wise folk will tell you, be careful who you listen to and the things yeah. that you believe about yourself, which other people say. But the truth yeah. is, you would be your own greatest enemy, even more than other people. And that's why it's even more important for you to be careful what you say around you because you is listening, you know. So Exactly. And you're listening 24-7. Yeah. Absolutely. You're always around you. So instead of worrying about I need to block out negativity from other people, you need to block out your own proclivity or inclination to being negative towards yourself. And so that's why it's so important to affirm yourself. And that's one habit I have, I have taken through. 
to my my adult life, you know, adulting vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always and we we uh, on this podcast we we love how to uh, tips on how to adult. So we're basically taking notes because wow, it can be a lot. So self affirmation (laughs) is a major major NB factor. Oh, okay. Absolutely. What what would you then say? Do do you ever look back and say? you made a mistake here and you should have done, let's say, X, Y, Z instead of A, B, C? Um, I think all of us have our moments of reflection. And when Mm -hmm. you consider your life in retrospect, there's always this that you feel, if I hadn't taken that corner or that turn, um, maybe I would have spared myself, you know, a lot of, drama and a lot of other stuff but then when you I think it's always important to focus on and to be grateful for where that all of that has led you now because some of the decisions that you have made which have led you to today you may not have had enough perspective to make those decisions had you not been honed and chiseled and you know gone through the ringer Mm, mm, like other, a diamond you understand so the pressure a lot of the times is exactly what it takes to get you to a place of flourishing so mm. I think as human beings yes there's always an, an inclination you wish you could scratch that one person out of your life you know like maybe one of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I don't you know you <laughs> It's like you'd be like, what was I thinking? Like, (laughs) when you tell tell people about your exes, like you can be. I don't have exes. I don't have exes. I I refuse to acknowledge. (laughs) Yeah, so it's one of those things. But still, like, if you're to truly even look at some of the things, you know, those situations you know taught you you would realize that the good that you have taken from there has helped and you know been a major contributing factor to where you are and who you are now so i think yeah sometimes yeah that is that that is tough yeah you just gotta look back and say um that bad mistake was me being refined and being, you know, chiseled. Yeah, the lesson in the journey. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, What's your favorite woman anthem? Female anthem. Uh, Let me see. There's so many, like, really cool. Three, you don't have to choose one. (laughs) I think... um, Probably, maybe Beyonce, who run the world. That is is a good one. That is a a good one. Who run the world? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, just before we part ways, what advice would you give a young girl who's obviously 
aspiring to just you know to empower yourself through you know education it does get tough you know when we're listening when we're like at school you can remember if you can like reflect and look back you know when we're in high school and then tertiary Mm -hmm. or even just adult education altogether everything about books is hard man like each season each stage has its own challenges what advice would you give to a woman who's listening right now and just needs that extra push Mm. to you know to continue and ultimately reach their goal okay so the advice i would give to to young women especially those still in pursuit of their um you know academics their education in any form whether formal or informal because Life is just a school in itself also, you know, and like we yeah. were talking about, it's important to reflect on the past lessons that you, you, that life has taught you, first of all. And even in the schooling, formal schooling context, um, it's important to reflect on every um, level that you have successfully completed. Because think of it this way, when you were writing your, uh, let's say, grade seven, like the mm. the exams that you know like make or break whether you go mm. to high school or not that seems like the toughest level ever in the world until you pass mm. it and then you you're now hearing from other grade sevens who be like oh grade seven is so hard or oh, the exams are coming up and then you're <laughs> like wow that's such a joke that's nothing like, yeah what do you like, mean we're gonna get to like grade 11 or grade 12 you know and then at that stage grade 11 or 12 seems really tough but once you've passed it you're also able to look back and and even think those who are complaining about grade 12 exams are ridiculous and then you yeah get, yeah get to varsity as well and first year seems so rough but you 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 conquer you overcome you you pass through first first year and all of a sudden you find yourself in your final year of study and you realize that every single time you had to sit for exams, you were nervous, you did wonder, mm. how to make it, but you still made it through. So that's why it's also important for us to always celebrate these little milestones because they give us, mm. and they strengthen us and encourage us that we can get through now because what seemed difficult yesterday, we have already conquered and achieved. So mm. it should motivate and inspire anyone to build on your previous strength because you're, you still are that person and, in fact, only stronger to tackle whatever lies ahead. And always think of it this way, especially anyone now obviously pursuing tertiary studies, where you're coming from is further than where you're going. So just mm. always think of it that way, you know, and, and that should give anyone's strength to keep on going because you don't want to start something that you and not finish that you won't finish exactly oh that the the art of completion oh thank you so much for the wise words and thank you for blessing us on our podcast today it was such a pleasure chatting to you and you know it's always inspiring being around you. Every time I talk to you, I leave with the oh wow moment. So thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast, for imparting words of wisdom and sharing your journey. We really do appreciate it. Any parting words, literally anything. 
this is where you drop your mic <laughs> and you're like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i need food <laughs> <laughs> I need food. Those are my party words. Like, bye. See ya. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, it's really been great, obviously, um, being a a guest on your podcast. And I really do appreciate the opportunity to also just encourage someone. And, you know, life is, is, is not always about the bigger impacts. You know, sometimes we want to get to the masses, but a lot of the things we do, and that's why I also just want to say hats off to you, the host of this podcast, Fizai, for, for doing this initiative, even if it's just one person who um, really gleans hope and light from this podcast, you are actually doing a work that no one else can do, and you cannot be replaced or substituted on the face of this planet. So keep doing you. And, you know, we don't always say... You know, people may not always say that, you know, this has been a lifeline between me giving up and continuing. But trust me, mm-hmm. there is always that someone. And this type of um, platform is meant for people like that. So just keep on doing you. And thank you so much. For oh, your- thank you. Oh, my gosh. I love you. Virtual <laughs> hug. Thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.